3: state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by J.P. Mason as always on a Thursday J.P. but it's even better when you're winning games and there's an air of positivity Um, as there seems to be at this moment in time, so much so that even last night when the second half performance was uh, much different from the the first, um, I didn't feel any kind of negativity surrounding that last night after the game And, and by the way you're commenting on the game Straight after the final whistle, so sometimes the emotions are are high. But I, I didn't have that sense of disappointment last night. I just felt, and I think I spoke about it after the game. There was a resilience. There was a character there in that Celtic side last night.
1: Absolutely dug in, dug in when it needed to be, uh, when it needed to be done. Like I mean, it was first half. We were. I mean, it, even I was getting you know caught up in the hysteria of the moment. You know, like. Uh, I know I was kind of trying to downplay Hitati last week, but Hitati didn't score a goal last week. He scored the goal last night, and what a goal it was! Aye, <laughs> when he started running towards it, there was, a, there was a gap in front of him, and I shouted to the said to the guy next to him, "I was like, keep going, just keep going." And, and then he just yeah. went, to hit it for here!" And uh, yeah, make a make a, a name for myself. I mean, he already had, but I mean, yeah, he was it was it was outstanding in the first half. There. So I you, said that, he wasn't outstanding, but he was outstanding last night. You brought him up. We'll talk about him.
3: But I think it's quite difficult, JP, right? Because the big thing is, and, and this this is something I think everybody realises, we're all hugely passionate Celtic supporters. We're commenting on the games as you see them. It's your opinion. You know, there, there's never a um, an agenda to try and pinpoint certain players to give them a hard time. I would love every player to do well for Celtic. And this season, Axom contributors have spoken about the fact that they didn't think Ralston was up to the task in the early days. They didn't think that Mikey good Johnston. You're good.
1: You're good yeah. me. <laughs> yeah.
3: And that's what happens. But then they play games, they prove you wrong. And you love the fact that they're proving you wrong because if they're proving you wrong, it means they're playing well. And if yeah. they're playing well, then we're getting results. So we'll start off with Riho Atati because obviously um, I've used um, him as the strap line on today's show. Hugely impressed by his both his performances. But last night with that goal, uh, and I, I thought to myself, you know, I've got a lot of stick for comparing Jota to Ginola. Maybe I shouldn't mention Nakamura when I look at our goal, but it's hard not to. And I seen someone on the Twitter someone with far more technical nous than than I has done the split screen of Naka scoring against Rangers on the top and last night's Hitachi goal. Um there's always going to be these similarities. Of course there is, right? Uh, both coming from Japan. But that was Naka yes, the way he struck the ball, JP. And I mean it was continuing to go when it hit the net.
1: Yeah. It was uh, have you seen the the Celtic TV angle from behind the goal? No, yeah actually. That? No I haven't oh, yet. there's 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 a the shot of that. And the noise that it makes when it hits the net is is, is obviously because it was quite quiet. I, you know, I guess you know there wasn't exactly a lot of singing going on at, at that time because we were all over them, and the, the home crowd were were muted, uh, to say the least. So it's quite quiet. So you just hear like this sort of um, a great sort of ping. It's almost like a bell, and you know, as uh, I don't know what I don't know what hit, uh, what's making the noise, and then someone uh, like. Batters it back into the net after it comes back out, so you get a second uh, noise as well, and uh, you can just see uh, Craig Gordon's face, kind of. Oh dear, did, didn't enjoy that one. I mean, not many goalkeepers would enjoy getting a goal like that uh, scored into them, but yeah, it was, it was, it was special. It was, it was great to. I'm, I'm glad I was there. You know, I, I got a very late shout for a ticket. at, You know, half past four, and I was on a train about fifteen minutes later. Twenty seven pound for the train, by the way. That's absolutely insane. Like, I, I speak to somebody who said they're, uh, they know somebody that's going to Lanzarote at the weekend for uh, fifteen ninety nine. You know, so like, <laughs> dear uh, me, how does that figure in in, in the in terms of uh, comparison? But no, it was it was worth every penny, and uh, yeah, it, it was good to be. I hadn't been at Ten Castle since August twenty eighteen. Um, I guess what with COVID and everything else, and uh, you know, this season, not having fans in the first game, uh, you know, there's not been a, a great deal of opportunities to go there, and it's always hard to get a ticket. So, I was very grateful to to have one last night and uh, and 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 be there to 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 see the te- just to see the, the team play, you know, in real time, and it's not on the TV, and you're not missing things. I mean, I saw people criticising Starfelt last night again. I, I can't believe the criticism that's getting labelled at him. Uh, it's really he, he completely divides the, not divides, but i'd say there's probably about 70 30 in in favour of him, but there's 30% mm. of support that have just completely you know you know gone off, off east of pissed with them and just don't don't seem to give them any inches it's weird
3: the th- the thing with that is i mean staffelt has been criticised on the show this season mm. um and i've thought long and hard about what happens when you you go uh, you do you know, you go deep on a player in terms of, I'm, I'm, I don't rate him, right? And then mm. he starts he starts to prove you wrong. At what point does that person say, oh, well, actually, it just mm. didn't it look good? Or does their perception remain skewed because they've made that commitment to say, I don't think he's very good? And we've wow. seen a wee bit of that uh, around some of the players in the team. Um, and people have a perception of Tony Ralston and it stays. Mm. But then he has another tremendous performance. Then he scores another brilliant goal, and then you think, well, come on, you've got to turn it. The guy's a, hes actually a, a good, you know, member of our squad. Starfield. My relationship with him is that you know, at the time, the last time we played at Time Castle, he's thrown into that. That game, you're so disappointed after it. I'd need to watch back the post match, but I mean, the the sense of disappointment you maybe are looking at the fact he wasn't great that night, but then you look at the circumstances surrounding him making his debut, JP. The fact that he's thrown into that, you know, there's a period of isolation, he barely knows his teammates, Uh, and it's a tough, as last night showed, it's a tough gig anyway going to Castle, first game of the season, so much uh, change within the squad. So you look at that and you think, right, okay, so that was the starting point for Starfelt. Then there, was, there were a few poor performances, absolutely, um, in that early part of his Celtic career. But what I felt when he came back from his injury was that he started to develop a good partnership with Cameron Carter-Vickers. He then probably had a couple of returns to the, the poor form of his early Celtic career. And it just so happened that he didn't have a great game in the cup final. I don't think he had a great game in the cup final. But when I'm looking at last night, for example, so I, I guess I was on the fence, I would say, with Starfield. I, I don't think I was overcritical with him. I, I would say I was on the fence with him. Um, but before the game last night, we were talking about the fact that the, the the back four was the best back four we have at this moment in time at the club. And I think most Celtic fans would agree. Some might say they would rather have Stephen Welsh in there at centre-half. I mean, what other players might have a shout? Julien? Yeah, we don't know what Julien are getting at this skills moment in
1: with, time. Skills would have a shout for me
3: at left-back. At left-back. Well, you know, Taylor, again, he's another one eh, who comes into this category, the OJP, that people have made their mind up about him. And it's going to be hard to turn that in. And by the way, as a football fan, that's that's your right to have that, that opinion and that view on a, on a player. But I think felt definitely turned turned my opinion round. Last night, when I'm looking at the Hearts goal, any goal against Celtic, the first thing I'm doing is right. Who's to blame? You know, mm. who's responsible for that? And if it was the Hattati goal, you'd be struggling to find any Hearts player to blame because, I mean, some people might say, "Well, it went through Gordon's hands." You tell me he was going to stop that? He Absolutely made, not.
1: That he made the space for himself as well. You see him yeah. chop inside and makes the makes the space so there's not really a lot of finger pointing on there at the hearts defense no uh, no the, as you say and the the, the the hearts goal i haven't actually seen the hearts goal back apparently it was offside i don't mm. know if that was a you know something or whatever but um yeah apparently it was offside but i don't know if any was anybody to blame for the hearts goal
3: if you're being harsh and you analyze it to the nth degree you might say well starfield should have gone for the header but then you're thinking well Is that because you've already got this perception of the fact that he's maybe not up to scratch? Probably. And then when Mackay gets the ball, Mackay's clearly Hart's best player by some distance, I would say. He gets the ball and he's given too much room. He's not closed down quickly enough. But, I mean, there's no error within that passage of play, JP. So you really are going to the nth degree to find fault in it. And looking at the offside, I've seen it a dozen times this morning. It was offside. It was. I mean there's no doubt about it. Um and people may say that's because you're a Celtic fan that you're saying that I don't think Yakamakis was offside, incidentally. It's not as
1: cut and dry. I've seen that. I've seen that go and uh I don't think that's offside. I think if that got flagged offside, you know, I think the game's gone if that's if that's getting flagged offside because he's 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 basically side by side with the player. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if you want to be nitpicking about nitpicking about it, you you would say, Well, I if it went to VAR would they draw the line and would his foot or his toe be offside or anything like that but we've not got Var at the moment so we're still going by the linesman's naked eye and yeah, I I just think that's a a, a hell of a call to make if you say that's offside Absolutely, agree with that that, that
3: and by the way I don't want anybody thinking I'm giving Starfield a hard time, I thought Starfield was very good last night I'm not blaming him for the goal um, it's just that when you're analysing the game you're trying to to pinpoint where could we have stopped that, sometimes it, it's at source that you've got to stop the cross from coming in in the first place, I thought we were poor at not um, winning the header I think there was hesitation there uh, but again, that that's not just Starfield Carter Vickers is in the mix there as well and then when Mackay gets the ball, he's not closed down quickly enough, but I don't think it's an individual issue, I'm at this moment in time, as I sit here, I'm I'm pretty uh, confident with Starfelt and Carter Vickers going in the next two games. I would say that much. I don't know when Julian's going to start making progress. I don't know when he's going to come in for ten, fifteen minutes here and there. But I'm pretty sure it will be a gradual process, JP. But we started talking about Rio Atati, and you know, like everyone else, you know, you're doing as much uh, research as you possibly can on all these new signings that are coming in from from leagues that are fairly untapped. I mean, we've not had. Uh, Japanese players at the club since Nakamura and, and Mizuno. So I don't know a great deal about Japanese football until Postacoglu comes in and then Kyogo comes in and then you keep an eye on it. So I'm finding it dead interesting that at 24 years of age and he's just turned 24, um, he had 77 games under his belt when he came to Celtic, senior games in Japanese football. And we managed to pick him up and. Th- Transfer market's quite accurate when it comes to transfer fees. A lot of the other ones are, are um, you know, they're estimates. But between one point three eight and £1.5 million pounds for this guy. Now, the first question is, how on earth did you pick him up for that fee? Because we are terrible, JP, at throwing money at players. You know, sometimes yeah. panic buys. £2.5 million. Pounds. I've lost count of the amount of players that were spent two and a half or 3 or £3.5 million pounds on. And mm-hmm. it's a punt. It's a punt. It's almost as if the club says, well... You know, if it doesn't work out, it's three million pounds. We might get eight hundred grand back, and you know, nothing's lost because someone else has been sold for a profit. But yeah. I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking that pound for pound, that I had gone on record to saying Joe Hart's been our best signing of the season. But I tell you what, Riho Atati is up there, isn't he, for that price?
1: Uh, I mean, on the basis of what I've seen so far, which is sixty minutes last week against Tibbs at home, and conversely going to Tynecastle, you're Dealing with a lot more factors at Tencastle than you are in the comfort of a home game at Celtic Park with you know 95% of the stadium being in your favour last night. <laughs> it, it was it was the usual hostility at Tencastle that you know you got from the stands and also the the, the the team as well. I'm not saying the Harps were were doing a, an aloe on Saturday and like that, but they certainly you know were not you know, just trying to play pretty football. They were getting right in the players' faces. They weren't weren't giving people time. Um, But when you're as good a football player as Rio Hatate seems to be, you make the space, you you get away from players, and he was doing it time and time again, as Mm -hmm. was O'Reilly, as was Jota. And you're just looking around the team and there's like, wow, you've got this guy, you've got this guy, you've got this guy. And I, usually when I'm at a game, if I think back when I'm on the way home or whatever, and I think back to how many times I said "brilliant Starfelt" or "brilliant Beaton," and I said that quite a few times last night about both of those players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even taken but that was the, the sort of dirty work almost, you know, the, the sort of being tidy in midfield, Beaton breaking up play, being available for a pass, and uh, and and obviously Starfelt. Uh, putting tackles in or or just last-minute blocks or whatever, or being aware of of danger. and uh, it, But then you've got the flair players as well. Some of the things that they were doing, I mean, o- O'Reilly looked... Okay. I mean, like, as well as Atati O'Reilly, that was his first game for Celtic. And you, yeah. hear, you hear his interview afterwards and he's going, it's crazy, you know, like, I've, I'm used to playing League One and and all of a sudden I'm in this mad cauldron of a stadium where... Everybody hates this club, and you know that you can you can probably feel the hate from Hearts towards Celtic, the the the, the supporters uh, and the players. Um, you can feel it, and you as a player, you're completely exposed to it. It's coming at you from all all four corners of the stadium, and and he's trying to concentrate on playing football whilst dealing with that atmosphere, and it's it's. I started thinking about it from a different perspective last night because, you know, people have made debuts and things like that and you oh well, they're a footballer or whatever, but then when you actually think about the, the mentality of where he's been and where he's come to in a, such a very, very short space of time and, and, and he dealt with it he dealt with it really well, obviously. He saw him go down the, I think, camp at the end and the home crowd uh, let, let him know all about it, you know, but, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I don't think he was acting or anything like that. I think it was a, a gen he'd been running around solid for, mm-hmm. you know, eighty minutes, eighty-five minutes. So um he, he'd, he'd done well. I don't think he'd not played for a, a good few weeks either. It's it's not as if he just had a game last Saturday or something like that. He'd not played for a while. So um no, fair play to him and uh, but yeah Hatati to get that sort of player for that level of money. I mean we, I said last week we've been labelled big spending Celtic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really you know I, I would i would sort of accept that if we were you know flinging money around but i mean i don't think you could say spending what five six million on all those players that we've got in is in in respect to celtic and their finances is, is is not big spending you know it's not flashing the cash it's not being like oh well look at us we've got all this money it's just like it's being prudent and it's actually finally we're signing players that look like they're the real deal you know for for the money you know like you say we've wasted so much money and seen so many players come through the doors that haven't contributed at all and left with
0: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details.
1: Many zeros added to their bank balance. Mm -hmm. I don't mind if O'Reilly leaves with zeros added to his bank balance in a couple of years time because... In that time, he will have done well for Celtic, <laughs> and and that's probably the advice he's been given by agents and other people in the game. Probably spoke to, maybe spoke to Dembele or whatever. I mean, the Dembele thing—he's same pathway, Fulham, mm-hmm. Adam, you know—and and look what Dembele's done. Uh, you know, gone on to be uh, successful at Leon. I Think he's now—he's Dembele's goal tally at Leon's actually really decent. I saw it shared recently, and it's actually. Better than I thought, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's it's refreshing times, not not just winning games, but the 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 the, the signing quality that we're bringing in is is, is a lot more uh, heartening.
3: No, definitely. I mean, Dembele's gone on to win a Spanish title, you know, and as you say, well, he's doing well for Leon, and he's a shining example of what can happen when you come to a club like Celtic. And yes, they use us as a as a stepping stone. I know that, but. That comes with a risk because there's no guarantee that they're going to be a success. And if they're not, then they fall into obscurity like the dozens of players that we've mentioned. But when I'm looking at the transfer fees, JP, I find it astonishing that we've we've spent €2 million uh, on Hatate, €2 million on uh, Maeda that's the agreed fee, he's on loan, so I've not even spent that money, there'll be a loan fee, I'm guessing, and 1 million uh, on Idiguchi, then 1.5 on Matt Ryan, this is 1990s kind of transfer fees we're okay. talking about here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and people sometimes say to me, well, with regards to the money, you spend the money, it's not all your money, but, you know, if you've not got 56,000 or 52,000 season ticket holders, you don't have that, I mean, that's, your biggest income stream. We don't have the TV revenue. So I think we do need to be more prudent. And I know that we're a global brand and we sell merchandise all over the world. Uh, But in terms of season ticket holders, it is the season ticket money that that makes Celtic a force in that respect. And the minute you take that away, there would be an issue. And I do want the club to spend the money more wisely. I also Mm -hmm. take into account that football moves on and, you know, four and a half million quid we spent on Starfelt, four and a half on Kyogo. There are going to be investments of that that type, but when you're picking those guys up and then throw one point four million pound into the mix for heart, I just think your transfer business has been tremendous, and long may that continue as well. We'll come back to a wee bit of the transfers because uh, I'm pretty sure there, there's certainly going to be a few more bodies out the building. Uh, there might be more coming in, but you mentioned Matt O'Reilly there. Oh, uh, well, by the way, what came to my mind when you were talking about Tyne Castle, and again, you know, having never uh, been on the park, but uh, sampling the atmosphere from the stands. Uh, A lot of players that leave Scottish football who are asked about atmospheres in Scottish football mention Tyne Castle as well. So Mm. I think it is definitely palpable Uh, on the park and Matt O'Reilly comes in, thrown in, because let's be honest, we've got no other choice due to the injuries um, and also the international duty. so he's thrown in and I was having a wee look again at his career 21 year old, decided to leave Fulham for first team football, went away and proved uh, that he was a player, he's come in for around £1.5 million he was given the man of the match last night um, and I think that one of my fears going into the game last night was was the fact that we were throwing a midfield together that had never played together in Beaton, Hatati and O'Reilly. I'm now looking at them and I'm looking ahead to Dundee United and Rangers, feeling a wee bit more confident after last night, JP.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, obviously it was a bit of a white I mean, it, genuinely, if you were to ask me who man of, ma- man of the match was, I would have said near Beaton. and. You know, my feelings on dear Beaton, I've not been his biggest fan over over the course, mainly because he's been at Celtic for so long and hasn't contributed um, fully. You know, he's been there or thereabouts. He's, you know, he's got the, what's happening, Beaton, with Tierney, you know. A bit of, I mean, a bit of banter on a five-second video isn't going to make me, you know, convinced about football players. You know what I mean, I, I want to see the guy contribute and do the business in the park, and he did it last night. And, you know, the idea of a testimonial was made by us uh, a while ago. And, you know, I was kind of saying, who would go to a testimonial? Now, when he's contributing in a season as important as this, because I would argue that last last season and this season are not far away in being in comparable terms. I know that there was the, the sort of the glory of 10 in a row and everything else, but this season to win it back you know, given what we've done before that, it is as almost as important. Um and near beaton, if he contributes to this this season, which he already has significantly, I, I would argue, um, Mitchell and the part, um, then yeah, um he's 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 on his way to, you know, potentially having a having a testimonial and having, you know, a, as close to a full house as possible. I mean I'm 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 reaching further for a for a, a ticket at this stage than I would have been, you know, six months ago or, or nine months ago. Um, but yeah, O'Reilly, um, I think I think he I don't know if he was man of the match. I, I don't want to get too over the top, just like I didn't want to about Hitati. You know, I'll I'll, I'll rain it in because one he didn't score. He made a few poor choices when he was in the final third. I ballooned a shot off the bar. Team shot into Gordon, if I remember, one where he could he got right in on goal, and it was just like it was a weak shot. Um, but there was enough there uh, for me to be optimistic. And if if I hold back in the praise, that means that he'll score in the next game. So that means if he plays on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, um, and then hopefully he's, he's, he keeps winning his locker for Wednesday as well. But I think uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching him play. Um, and there's there's something about him. And the guy next to me said that he reminded him of Ledley a bit. Um, I I don't know if that if if you'd agree with that or not. I mean I, I I maybe saw that a bit. It was also a bit of Stuart Armstrong about him as well. Um, kind of bustling, you know, busy attacking midfielder, but really really good close control and the ball as well. Like he got himself <laughs> tight spaces a few yeah. times, um, which was impressive. Um, and he just looks to fit into the system, you know, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a football expert, I'm a football fan, and I, I, I say what I see, and last night I saw a guy enjoy a game of football and fit into a system w- without too much effort, so you wonder what he'll be like in, you know, a couple of months' time or something like that, when he actually does have a relationship and a bonding with the people around about him uh, in, in his immediate position. And, and further as well, you know, because once you get that trust, I mean, he'll have got a lot of the players' trust last night from that performance because they might have mm. been thinking, what's this guy all about? What can he do? And then he comes in and, and, and puts in a shift and, and shows he's a, a bit of a player. And, and that gives the rest of the team confidence as well because they know, oh, if we give the ball to him, then there's a good chance something's going to come of it. I mean, it was, his, was it not his ball out wide that led to the... Yeah, no, no was it
3: led to the cross for the no yeah for, yeah Yakamakis for yeah
1: when he hit that pass I was like whoa mm-hmm. that's like 100 accurate with the right amount of pace in it and it completely destroyed the Hearts defense like it you wiped them all out and then all, all the all the I can't remember who crossed it <laughs> it's terrible but Jam- um, Jamesy was it Jamesy James Forrest right? well yeah. all James Forrest had to do was put I'd put it into the right place. Um, and 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 we got the goal from it. So um, yeah, I think you know. And as a contributing factor, he, he assisted. Uh, what's it What's this new step when you when you do an assist before an assist? All oh, right.
3: The- well, it was actually O'Reilly who gets the assist for Yakamakis. So it was O'Reilly's pinpoint accuracy with his ball. That, what was it? Um, yeah, yeah. But what I was going to say on that point though was the intensity of his passing so he's getting the ball and he's releasing it like at that pace that is suited to Angie's style and i think that if you look at last season compared to last season uh, in terms of the players that were brought in jp it, it was quite obvious last year that there were players who didn't suit our style and that's mm. you know one of the biggest issues that's why when you bring in somebody like Shane Duffy and your team uh, requires your centre half to have a lot of the ball at their feet to have very very good distribution a range of distribution, um, X, Y, and Z in terms of that criteria, and you bring in a player like Shane Duffy who doesn't have that, then it's not going to work. And that's been proved by him going back to a side where their style of play does suit him and he performs. I think the same could possibly be said about Albion Ayeti, possibly about Diego Luxalt, remember him? Mm. Um, A player who, obviously, we all know the pedigree, AC Milan, World Cup, uh, Team of the Tournament, for Uruguay, etc. He comes into Celtic and he looks extremely ordinary. Um, and it, it could often be the fact that we're buying players who don't suit the style. I think a lot of the signing would be a lot more data led this season. It looks like that, JP. There's, there's Matt O'Reilly. Let's have a look at his stats. Let's have a look at the data. Will he fit this high tempo passing style Yes, he does. Bring him in and he suits and he clicks right in a place. And I think we're seeing that this season. Um, mm. But I didn't want to take his assist away from him. Um, it, you know, because it was a tremendous pass. But that's mm-hmm. that's what you know. I was impressed by last night. Now you've mentioned near beaton before. We start talking about. Let's get some of the the comments coming because it is his ninth season near beaton. It's incredible ninth season at Celtic. Um, Stephen Sloan, you're the first to comment on today's show. Welcome to the show. You're on YouTube. I know I'm being greedy, and I know we're on a great run lately. But I am still worried about our second half performances. We're playing Rangers next week, and we cannot turn up for just 45. I want to talk about that. Um, Jungle Lion, welcome to the show. Jungle Lion, long-time watcher of a Celtic statement. Great three points, great first half. Tired a bit in the second half. Need another Jota-type player on another other flank. Uh, and Scott Howe comes in also to say it's a concern that the performance is dropping in the second half. I'm sure Ange will sort it out. We talked about this last night. See what you think of this, JP, right? So Laura Bryan and I were speaking about the fact that Right, so I just come in and it's a different intensity that we're playing. And there's been comparisons made, not to the manager, not to the teams, but to the the approach of uh, Jürgen Klopp when he came in to Liverpool and the amount of injuries and the muscle strains that happened within the first half of his first season. But it did settle down once the players started to adapt and their bodies started to adapt to the training. Now, I think that's a massive part of the issue here. So you've got guys who... I mean, O'Reilly, professional footballer, and he's cramping up in his first game probably because it's the biggest shift he's had in his football career and it's yeah. because he's playing Angie's style. I mean, anybody anybody that gets cramped at two or three in the morning, which is normally when I get it, uh, will know that he can't walk off a football park immediately because he was getting a hard time with Robbie Nielsen and you're thinking, mate, you played the game. You know that if somebody's got cramped, they're not moving. Um, They're going to have to get carried off. But when you're looking at the intensity, so we've never had the, the, we've never had the luxury JP of having 11 players on that park who either um, aren't coming back from some kind of injury uh, or haven't had time to adapt to to Angie's uh, pace and tempo. So you've got players last night getting thrown into the team. So I think that is why maybe we've seen a bit of a drop off. And, you know, to the argument that says, well, by this time of the season, maybe we should have got the squad up. We've never had a settled squad because we've had new guys coming in, new signings, and we've had people coming back from injury. I mean, even last night, Jot coming back from injury. Yakamakas is trying to get match fit. You know, Taylor isn't long back from injury. Forrest is coming back from So you've got three or four players every single week playing who aren't yet back up to the intensity. And then you're bringing in new signings quite a lot I mean we're on 18 now this season Um, there is going to come a point I think and I hope there's going to come a point where they're all at that same level and it's not going to drop off and even if it starts to drop off you can look to the bench last night we had some good options to see the game out McCarthy Mm -hmm. and Sorrow we didn't have the attacking options that we are going to have when Mm -hmm. some of these guys come back so I think and hope that that is the reason for the drop off
1: I mean, I also, it's only the second game back since the break. So mm. we haven't played uh, since 22nd of December. Was that the last game, the, the St Mirren game?
3: Uh, Box, Boxing Day. Boxing oh,
1: sorry, Boxing Day. Day yeah, yeah. But, but Boxing Day was a shadow side because of COVID and everything else. So a lot of those players maybe hadn't played since the St Mirren game because if you remember the side that was put out against St Johnston, it wasn't, wasn't you know, really recognisable as a Celtic first eleven. you know, in terms of the strength. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's only the second game back. The intensity last night that they put in in the first half, um, you know, w- w- was probably asking more of them than you would maybe expect at this stage as they're trying to get the, mm. the, of, uh, their their gears going again. Um, yeah, you saw people tiring in the, in the second half, but everybody's still... Looked up for it, you know. Nobody was like throwing the towel. I, I'll admit it to one. I was kind of like, "Oh God!" Um, obviously, they got the penalty, and you're thinking, right? two each and then guy next to me is like, "They're going to win this now," and I was like, "Come on!" You know, that's <laughs> no. Nah, I'm not having that. Um, but you know, the the shot goes in off the inside of the post, and and you're thinking, right? Well, we got we could, we've got to see this out now. We can't. We, we we've been weathering a bit of a storm here, but we can't allow them to. To get an equaliser, they've had their chance. They blew it, um, and that and that was it. So, you know, I I, I I thought, and I don't know if this has just been me being uh, sort of overly complimentary, but I, I didn't think James Forrest had as bad a game as people made out online last night. I saw a lot of folks saying, "Oh, James Forrest isn't the answer," and everything else. But it wasn't amazing, but I think he did he did a job. And at the end of the day. We walked out of Tynecastle last night with three points and we won 2-1. And every player on that park contributed to that victory. That's how I see I, it.
3: I didn't you see know. any glaringly bad performances. I really no. didn't,
1: you know? I mean, even James McCarthy when he came on. I mean, he did a couple of brilliant uh, things. I think one of them was like he went right in on a meaty tackle near, near the dugout and he won the ball. And then he went to play a pass, just played it completely out of the park. I don't know if he just got so g up by the fact that he won the ball, he forgot actually... I know I need to actually play a a decent pass and he he played it right out of the park but he he, he did the business in getting the ball in the first place and stopping a harps attack Um, he did look worryingly you know short of pace he's got no pace in the car this is the thing
3: (laughs) <laughs> that, that's the anomaly though th- th- you know that contradicts what I've just been saying there JP where it looks as though we're using data far more when it comes to the suitability of certain players because mm-hmm. I agree with you I don't think McCarthy looks like the style of player and I mm-hmm. said the same um, against after the Alawa game about Yakamakis, and mm-hmm. obviously I got loads of stick for that which is fine absolutely mm-hmm. fine because as I said before if you get it wrong about a player that's because they're doing well Celtic are doing well so well, he, more he was than
1: happy he was brilliant last night you know and and. Again, I was talking to um, the guy last night before the game, and we were talking about the Aloe game. And you're like, people forget that under Brendan Rodgers, we played Aloe at Celtic Park and won two 0 Yeah. And Rodgers said that that was the best Scottish team that had played at Celtic Park. Last season. we only won two 0 at home, mm-hmm. but people, I don't know why, why, why Saturday was just like oh, everyone was, ah, straight five six now. and we we got through. It wasn't pleasant. It was on a horrible pitch. You know, I. You know, we were 2 now We were comfortable. Yeah, he got a goal. Big deal. What does What does that goal do for them now? Nothing. They're not in the next round of the cup. We got three players taking off injured, which disrupted the team. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, it, it wasn't a game for the ages. There's no way that that's going to be remembered fondly. But Jacky Marcus scored. Took his goal well. But last night he, he showed he showed what he showed against Ferran Trevaoos last night. He showed that he can rough it up he, was, he looked like he didn't want to get beat and I've said this before the more players that you see on that pitch that don't want to get beat and give that impression then the, the the better a team will be because you've got guys like Cameron Carter-Vickers now who you can tell he doesn't want to get beat in a game like will not will not be given any quarter in a game and you know he, he obviously got a bit of a rough time last night um, at times uh, and maybe wasn't as good as he normally is, but he certainly didn't lack determination. Um, and, I, and I thought he was he was great too. But Jack is pleased for him because we know the whole strikers curse at Celtic. He's got he's wearing the number seven jersey as well, which is a heavy jersey to wear at Celtic um, mm. for a number of reasons. Um, and I always and have always been a bit reticent for that to be given to anybody unless they're unless they're uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know who 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 would deserve to get that jersey off the bat. I don't think it was maybe thought about when they gave Jackie Marcus the jersey. I think it was just a case of right, well, it's a first team squad number. There you go. But we all, you know, value it a lot more maybe than the the person that dishes out the numbers at Celtic. Um, and I don't know if he chose it himself. If he did, then fair play to him for choosing it. But you know, it's uh, it's great to see a player. I saw. I watched his interview this morning. And you know, he said, "Was a you know normally players say it was a big goal for the team, whatever." But first of all, he said it was a big goal for me. I wanted to score in a big game, and I've done it. And probably that's you know helped his mentality, you know, and his uh, you know just to think, well, well I'm not just scoring against we teams here. That was a big game last night. That was the team that's third in the league and their mm-hmm. ground, uh, and I've scored a pretty great goal. Actually, it's not you know, it wasn't a 30-yard screamer, but it was pretty good innovation to, you know, be able to adjust his, foot, his feet at the very last second. You know that ball was fizzed in fast. You know, I mean, I, I, that, that wasn't a, that wasn't an easy goal to take at, at all.
3: And it, it does it with, with both feet off the ground as well, JP. It was yeah. it was an excellent finish. Uh, maybe they take them round the number seven lounge, and you, you see all the names on the wall: Chief Che, Janino, Bloomberg. and you go, Ah, I fancy it. Ah, I can I can do better <laughs> than them, perhaps. Um, thanks everybody for getting involved here. Over a thousand watching live, which is tremendous. And uh, I, I love it when people remind me that I got it wrong. That's absolutely fine. It's out there. I'm not going to delete it. It's like all my bad tweets. They're they're out there. <laughs> they're not offensive, so they're maybe just bad takes. Uh, Daniel F, welcome back. Afternoon. Where's all the Staffel haters now? Guy was incredible last night. I tell
1: They're you, still there. There's still loads of them <laughs> because, like, obviously, a cursory glance at Twitter last night—if if, Daniel is looking for Staffel haters, she'll find them on the internet. I'm telling you that for sure. But uh, I just—I'm I'm, not—I'm not some flag-waving, flag-waving guy or whatever. You know, like going, oh well, I'll go to—I'll go to the. Um, go to the edge for Starfelt or anything like that. You know, I, I just I just say, say it how I see it as a fan and, and and I thought he was great last night. I really, really did. And I'm not just doing it to sort of bum him up because people have been slagging him or anything like that. It's like, if he has a good game, you know, you, you say it, you know.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, you, you just got to look at a defensive record, JP. And I think that one of the biggest issues, um, you know, last season was the fact that we didn't have that settled back Back to and the goalie behind them, you know. Um, even when we drew at Kilmarnock, uh, prior to all the issues that that uh, Chris Julian eventually had that season, you know, people were calling for a center and a half when Shane Duffy came in because Ayer and Julian didn't look the part as a partnership, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and we had the, all the issues with the, the goalies. We don't have that same issue just now. So yeah, we might criticise certain players in certain games. There's some comments coming in here actually on your point about scales. You know where they're saying Greg Taylor still isn't shown enough, so there's always going to be elements where you mm-hmm. think, right, we need an upgrade here and there. Uh, but on the on the point in near on he comes in last night. I mean, he's it's a, it's a strange one in terms of the squad because as we were saying before nine seasons now. This is his ninth season as a Celt and only twice has he made more than 40 appearances. So there have been seasons where he's been a bit part player making 20-odd appearances, JP, 10 appearances on one occasion. Mm. But he's he's the type of player that, you know what, when you've got a full complement of players, he might not get a game. He might be on the bench. But then other mm. times he starts and he captains the side. So it's mm. like, Two ends of the scale. season started off really poorly with the sending off against Michelin. Um I think Ange realised pretty quickly, right, this guy's not playing centre-half. He's just he's not a centre-half. Mm. Um, and he, he's played effectively.
1: I else had thought the same thing, but, I mean, but that's down to poor recruitment, isn't it? I mean, if, if he can come in and tell within, what, a couple of games, this guy's not a centre-half, why the yep. hell has anybody been playing him a centre-half? Go out and sign one. Don't I know. play... Midfielders at centre half is oh god. Anyway, I know we, we could we could talk that uh, through for quite some time. I'm sure, and it wouldn't be a very uh, enjoyable watch, or, or indeed to contribute to. The thing is,
3: JP he played centre half so many times for for several managers to the point where Kevin Graham one one time on the podcast says to me, "Right, Paul, stop saying it. He's not an adapted centre half. He's just a centre half because mm. that's where everybody plays him." So thankfully, Ange came in. Uh, and realised actually, big man, no, I'm going to put you here. I'm going to deploy you here. But even there was one moment last night where he's he's tried to burn the left back for pace, and he's hit mm-hmm. it, right, and he's eventually won the corner, and it's just pure experience. Hit it into you know, in behind the defence, and he's won a corner. And I'm thinking to myself. It's one of the the most complete performances I've seen for this guy, and uh, all that was was missing was his long range efforts that he used to uh, be kind of known for from time to time. But I just think, in terms of a of a of a captain's performance last night, very very composed. Um, you know, he's on his way to maybe having his best campaign at Celtic. You know, I'll stand corrected if someone can tell me that he's played better uh, previously. But we're going into the game against. Uh, Rangers I'm not skipping the Dundee United game here but we're going into a game against Rangers where I think he's going to be pivotal especially when you look at the lack of Celtic experience around about him with Mm -hmm. O'Reilly and Hattati Uh, Mm -hmm. and I don't think at the beginning of the season I would have been happy with that I don't think in January last season where he's got sent off at Ibrox that if you told me fast forward a year you're going in he's your captain and you're actually quite happy that he's your captain. You're not happy that McGregor's no playing of course you're not. But uh going in you know I don't really have much concerns now about the midfield going back to that point. You're quite happy with beat on leading leading the side out um against
1: Rangers. Yeah. I never thought I would be. I I you know I I might have been on the post match bulletin last January uh, after that game at Ibrox and I was absolutely livid with the guy because it was just daft. But I mean, it was playing out of position. He wasn't playing where he's comfortable in. He got rolled in, on the halfway line and his only option in his head was panic and to bring down Morelos, which which cost us any chance in the game. And then you get an own goal off McGregor's shoulder or whatever it was. And, and, and it was one of those scrappy 1-0 victories that you can file next to... Oh God! Remember that game at Celtic Park where somebody was it what was it? Loudrup? We 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 were all over them, and then Loudrup just burst up the park, and it, and he hit a shot, and it went in off somebody, and in, in, in the off off the into the into the net. I can't. God, it's it's a long long time ago. I'm really usually good with things like that, but I, I tend to blank out the the horror shows uh, and remember the good times. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a horrible uh, game and a lot of people were kind of done with him at that point and then they were done with him again after Mitchell and where it was just sheer stupidity by doing that. That's just, surely has had a word with him and been like, don't go as a rag, you're you're 30 years old, you're a seasoned professional, you know, you've got to set an example to these guys that are you know, 20, 21, 22 and they're looking up to you and apparently by all accounts he is a popular figure in the dressing room so people do look up to him. So you don't want to be looking up to a guy who loses the rag and, and costs costs him uh, a player in a in a, in a crucial game. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm happy with, with that, and I'm, I'm I'm pleased for him because he obviously he's he's come up against it. He's had a lot of criticism, mm. a lot of people haven't been on board with him, and then you're seeing sort of tweets now. I know Twitter's a, not a great barometer of things, given what I was saying about Starfield, but I've seen a lot of positivity towards Beaton on, on Twitter. You know, people sort of putting their hands up and going, well, you know, I think E-Tims call them the Bethlehem Busquets, Um, which is probably tongue-in-cheek. But, uh, uh, yeah, but E-Tims as well had a go at Starfield last night. I had to reply and say I respectfully disagree. I mean, I love that E-Tims <laughs> listened to the podcast. Um, but you know, it's, everybody's got their opinions, and it's just it's, it's strange how some people say things differently and and, and see things differently.
3: Well, the, the big thing for me is if someone's got a different take on it, JP, I like to find how they've come come to that conclusion. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then you start reconsidering sometimes the, the opinion that you've got. And that that's the beauty of the debate. But mm-hmm. um, one last point. I mean, what a turnaround it, it, it will be to go from that finger point and sending off against Midtjylland at the beginning of the season in our Champions League qualifier to leading the team out against Rangers. I mean that that's tremendous. You know, and uh, you know, it's down to the guy's character as well. He's never seemed to be one of the guys that's, you know, uh, throwing a hissy fit or because he's not getting a game yeah. because he's been in and out of the side for several, several seasons.
1: I think I think you I think using things like that, that happened to him at Ibrox can help a player I don't know. No idea. I've never played football at any serious level. Beth under eighteen seems a long, long time ago. Um, But uh, (laughs) but I would imagine that uh, you know if I have a rubbish game at sevens on a Tuesday, you know the following week I'm like right, I need to play better this week Mm -hmm. because I had a stinker last week and missed sitters and I lost a rag and uh, and and that's what I'll do the following week. But he'll have that memory, Ibrox and how bad he felt at that time and you know you use that as fuel for your for your for your next bite at it and if he gets a bite at it as captain you know I'm still not entirely sure McGregor's not going to be there I I know that sounds insane but the fact that he was there at Tynecastle last night makes me think that all was not lost and Ange Postacoglu obviously playing his cards uh, very close to his chest as usual but the fact that he was at Tynecastle, yes his face looked have you seen the picture?
3: I know, I know. I, it was bruised. It was puffy. Oh, it was. It
1: was oh man, I've had an ankle like that before, and it and it goes all shades of purple and yellow, and it's 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 horrible. But I don't know. Time will tell. We'll wait and see. I mean, I, but, but if Beaton does get the nods, I'm happy with that. Yep yeah, that that's the thing and.
3: People are commenting um, around about the point that was made about Taylor. You said that maybe that's the, the area of the park that you would like to strengthen. I just think we're in a really difficult position at the moment whereby we're looking at the amount of left backs we actually have. And it will probably stay like that until one of them gets out the door. And um, I think it, you know, everybody realises Bollongoli is that player. We need to get him off the wage bill. We need to move him on. Probably before we would we would go out back into the transfer market, but what I'm confident of is that when we do that, I mean this was mentioned last night, right? So Taylor at this moment in time has the jersey. When we go into the transfer market, when the times right to do that, it will be an upgrade. JP, we will go. Out. I don't think you know if or leaves, we'll run with scales and Taylor. I don't think that will be the case. Uh, Montgomery's obviously gone out and loan as well. We I think it's uh it will be announced, but he's on his way to Kumarnik, isn't he? Adam Montgomery. So we've got the um I think we've got the example of Ziranovic on the right hand side where we've got a, a very able deputy in in Ralston, but when we go into the transfer market, we'll be looking for more quality. And that mm-hmm. will come, but I just think we're in a predicament at the moment. We don't want to be too heavy on the, the left backs. Now Yakamakis has been the subject of much discussion since our game. Actually, by the way, before I go into uh, um the game against Alloa like you said not a vintage performance but see when you think back to the centenary season and you think about the glorious day at Hamden and the sun and we beat Dundee United last minute goals against Hearts and you know winning at Ibrox and winning the league against Dundee you never think about the Scottish Cup game against Stranra right where we beat we beat them 1-0 at yeah. home at Celtic Park we beat them 1-0 and Pat Bonner saved a penalty so really you like never it? you never think about that game. It's just one of the footnotes, right? And wow. you just you know. And I think Callum was going to be a bit like that as well. Uh, the
1: the Dunfermline game uh, that we went to extra time. Remember, it was threatened to end the the invincible, the unbeatable, the unbeaten run. Under yeah. Ben- Celtic Park went to extra time against Dunfermline. That I mean that team should not have been going to extra time against Dunfermline, but it happens sometimes, you know, like it. They're not robots and they're not perfect and the conditions determine how football matches go sometimes and I, mean, I think I think most most people would accept that, I would hope. Yeah,
3: but another point about that game you mentioned about uh, when Alawa came to Celtic Park, it was 2-0. Craig Gordon almost got sent off for wiping out Greg Spence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack Ross was the manager of Alawa yeah. and then the following season, one of the hardest tasks we had was to uh, knock St Mirren, who were also in mm-hmm. the second tier out of the cup, and Saint Mirren took the lead. And we beat them, yes. I think, two-one. And Jack mm-hmm. Ross was the manager of Saint Mirren as well, um, mm-hmm. but it looks as though he's maybe on his way to Queens Park, perhaps. Anyway, Yakamakis, yep. twenty-seven mm-hmm. years of age, he's a Greek internationalist, and uh, two and a quarter million pounds were paid VVV Venlo five months ago. Now he scored ten or more goals on two occasions in his senior football career. And he has had 10 seasons playing in Greece, Poland and the Netherlands. So hey. I want to, he's had 10 senior seasons, yeah. Um, what, uh, I, what age is he? He's, 20, he's 27. Um, so he's had 10 seasons behind. This is his 11th season in uh, senior football. But he's now scored 2-2. Two and, two, uh, and I think that he's started to show enough to suggest that going into a game He's a better option than Joey Dawson at this moment in time. And that's not a slight on Joey because he wasn't ready, but he came in and he played pretty well. But you don't mm-hmm. want to be going into these games where Joey Dawson is your backup to you, Kyogo. You don't want mm-hmm. to be going into the games when we, Owen Moffat, has to start against St. Mirren away from home. You know, because it can sometimes damage the confidence of that player. I thought dawson yeah. done pretty well, by the way. But you want to go into this game against Dundee United and then against Rangers with someone that has got a wee bit more confidence than he maybe had a couple of weeks back. Um, mm. I, I wasn't judging him on that penalty miss, by the way, to be honest with you, I wasn't judging him on that. And I wasn't judging him on his performances leading up to the game against Allowa. I was simply looking at that game against Allowa because I had commented that when he came on for 20, 30 minutes in Europe, I thought he was holding the ball up really well, mm. JP. Yeah. Um, he was doing all that side of the game really, really well. But, he is really the only striker that we have, so I'm going to ask you the same question going into the games against United and Rangers. Um, I'm not going to say you're happy because you'd much rather have Kyogo and you know you'd much rather have Meida at your disposal, but after getting back on the score sheet again last night, how, what's your thoughts on yakamaka's going into the next two games?
1: Uh, to be honest, the the most important thing for me in that game against Rangers and on Saturday is is the. Uh, the midfield and the, the wing play because if they play as good as they should and can then
0: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for
2: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
1: I'm not I'm, I'm not really that concerned about who's up top because... it. They the, the make they make the opportunities for for a, a, a striker, and even if you're not like a top top level striker, and I don't think Jack is, otherwise we wouldn't have him. Um, I, I think I think he, you know, he showed last night. You give him a decent ball, he'll, he'll make use of it. You know, I don't think he's the type of guy that will make goals for himself. But if there's if there's quality provided to him, he'll get on the end of it because he's hungry for for goals. You could tell that from his interview. After the game, he was, you know, he was, it was genuinely kind of like, right, I've got to go in a big game. I know I can do it now here, and I think once you've got that kind of monkey off your back, so to speak, it's, it's, it, it kind of starts to fall into place a bit. You know, a club, especially the size of Celtic, with the expectation levels and everything else, I keep, I don't know. I said, I said last week I didn't know how big a crowd Maeda would have played to in uh, in at Yokohama Marinos, and somebody commented on the somebody commented on the Twitter post saying, "I uh, they play uh, to seventy thousand people." <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay, okay, right, fair enough. I didn't know that, so I don't know how big a stadium VVV Venlo is in in Holland. Um, so, you know, again, somebody can come in and tell me how big their stadium is, but. It's certainly you'll never have had the pressure of, of, of playing uh, in front of our our support in our stadium. So I think the, the more goals he can get, if he can get another one on Saturday, then, you know, that, that's what, three and three. That's a great strike rate to be going into any game, you know, against any opposition. Um, and like I said, the, the the midfield for me, if the midfield's firing, then, then we can do damage. And then, you know, if Jack can can take an opportunity from from there, then then great. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pleased. No, I just I, we we've seen so many of these strikers come and go at Celtic that you're obviously going to be skeptical. Everybody has been uh, about about Jack the same up until Aloha There was this. Uh, there was the same bit uh, divide about like uh, similar to Starfield in that there was people writing them off mm-hmm. on. And then there's people sort of putting pictures up, going, "I believe in this guy," and all this sort of stuff. Like before, Allo, like talking about and Marcus, uh, and you know, I think I think it's just one of those ones where you know, time will tell over the next couple of months what sort of contribution. Jack uh, will make in the in the bigger in the bigger picture because you want it to be the case that he holds on to that 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 first team jersey and Maeda and Kyogo come back and can kind he of get it off him? I mean, what a position that would be because I don't think is the type of guy that would just like bomb bomb him out if he's been scoring goals in their absence and then just be like, oh well, they're back now, you, you could sit in the bench again because he still paid decent money for him and you know it's not as if he's uh, you know. I, 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 w- I would be happy with that if that was the case. I mean, I think most people would. I mean, it would be a bit mental because <laughs> how good Kyogo and Maeda, uh, well, definitely Kyogo, potentially Maeda, are, uh, what a situation that would be, but we'll wait and see.
3: I think the uh, example of Ralston, you know, Ralston played so well, he kept the jersey, even though you knew that Juranovic had been signed as a first choice right back and it took Juranovic a while to, to actually get the jersey back. He... he Undoubtedly is now the first choice right back. Um, But you mentioned earlier on and, you know, it's almost like a personal crusade against the, the poor tackling against Celtic players and people saying, oh, you're paranoid, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about Celtic players because I watch Celtic. JP, mm-hmm. I don't watch Motherwell or Dundee United or St Johnson, so I can't give you examples of similar tackles against other teams' players because we watch Celtic. But last mm-hmm. night, you know, there was a number of them, and I'm going to pinpoint a few, but you had McKay on Hatate, uh, Hauke on Yakimakis, Boyce on Abada, uh, Devlin on Jota, and Hering on Taylor. And that was the worst of the bunch, I think, because he did the old Naismith thing uh, that Naismith did against Johnny Hayes. But you're looking at that, and it is not being managed by the officials, and we've gone on about this time and time again. And I wonder if a president has been set, because we called it out on day one at Time Castle with the Halliday uh, tackle on McGregor. There was a few others that night as well. We called out that night. It's still happening all these months later. um, We've already seen the impact of that, i.e. Gucci, you know, McGregor, some say that that wasn't as, as bad a tackle and it was very unlucky etc, I thought it was certainly reckless just to be putting your body in there without any attempt to get the ball um, and it's almost as if, and as I say I qualify this by saying I don't watch Motherwell St. Johnson or or Dundee United so I can't comment on other teams unless they're playing Celtic but it's almost as if it's fair game you know, there's a Celtic player, kick him scrape your studs in the back of his calf you know, and they just
1: don't get punished for it enough for me JP. Well I think manager's comments said it all, didn't they? I mean, when he said, I told them not to, uh, I think it was 20 Minute Tims asked the question about the protection uh, in the press conference the other day and he said, yeah, I just said to them not to go in on tackles because I was concerned for their wellbeing. Not maybe because people were being malicious, but they were being reckless. And Mm -hmm. being reckless is just as bad as being malicious because you are endangering an opponent. I mean, that tackle from uh, Niang was absolutely ridiculous. Horrendous, man. No need need to make that level of tackle at that stage in the game. And everyone's like, oh yeah, it only looks worse because it's slowed down. It wasn't like two players running for the ball at full pelt, you know, when you make that kind of collision at speed. It was just a a needless, brutal, Mm over-the-top challenge that you saw as ankle go like that I mean nobody's ankle should be going like that in a game do you know what I mean that's that's just not on and what can say your sour grapes or whatever or boo-hoo or dry your eyes or whatever but I'm sorry but if that was happening to you if you're a another uh, supporter of another team and you're watching this and you go oh come on it wasn't that if that happens to one of your players and he's out for a number of weeks or months don't think you'd be happy about it. <laughs> so
3: no, no. Welcome to Scottish football. There's a bag of frozen peas, going to sit in the dugout. And you know, I'm, if there's a wee bit more weight on Hatati's foot, because you actually see there's a his knee jars a wee bit. If there's mm-hmm. a wee bit more weight, it could even have damaged his ligaments and his knee. And then you're you're looking at an even bigger issue. It is definitely yeah. something that I just called it out. And I find that interesting because it's not paranoia. I mean, there's too many examples. Mm-hmm. And just called it out. Um, But then you're watching Robbie Nielsen last night getting his knickers in a twist because a guy's got cramp. You're going to get the time at the end of the game to make Mm -hmm. up on it. You know, he's no time-wasting and he's going to rid you of uh, a chance to come back. Listen, there's so much more to talk about, JP, but as always, we go on various tangents, etc. But we can't go through this show without talking about two other matters the first one being that jersey over your right shoulder which has been a feature uh, of your appearances on Axon for some time, the jersey over your right shoulder but uh, this time round you've chosen it obviously in memory and as as, as a tribute uh, to Vim Janssen, how many guys have come to Celtic in any capacity for one year and left such an impression as Vim Janssen did?
1: Yeah uh... Well, not in my lifetime anyway. I mean, I, I, I did have a lot of time for Joseph Vingloss as well, but Joseph Vingloss didn't win anything. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, as, as Andrew Postacogo has said, if people pass through a club, you're, you know, you want to leave a mark. And as a 17-, 18-year-old maniac Celtic fan, Vim Janssen left his mark on me, you know, an indelible mark. You know, and... It was. I genuinely was sad, and I'm, I actually can feel myself getting a bit upset talking about it because it's. It's. I've not spoken about it to that many people. Um. I met my mate Michael last night before the game, and it was just sort of me and Michael met first year at uni. That was that season, you know, ninety seven, mm-hmm. ninety eight, and uh, mm-hmm. you know the memories that he gave us. You know, I mean, the League Cup final for a start. I didn't get a ticket for that. I was in Glasgow that day, hoping against hope for a ticket, but I couldn't get one. Um, so ended up watching the hoops bar, and Michael came back to the hoops bar afterwards. And I remember the atmosphere in the hoops bar that, that, that night, and it was absolutely unbelievable. The place was bouncing because it was like we'd won something, but we'd won it in style, and we'd won it emphatically. You know, like the last time we'd won a trophy was one nil two years before that. Big Pierre, a dull game. It was just more relief rather than rather than joy and that it was joy, and it was like, wait a minute, we can maybe do this this season. Like, winning that League Cup was like a kind of... It was huge. I mean, it was like a beacon that made, meant, meant that it was a possibility, and and mm-hmm. you, you, you looked at the way that he, he used players that had been there previously, like Simon Donnelly, you know, I mean, that's just the first person that goes, mad Jackie Mack, you know... Jack, Jackie
3: was massive that season, JT. Massive. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, those guys really, really stepped up for him. And, and like players are stepping up for Postacogo now, you, you put it down to, to to the manager. And you read quotes recently about Johan Cruyff saying he's one of four people I'd listened to talking about football from Janssen. Mm-hmm. And then tributes from Van Persie and even Giovanni Van Bronckhurst as well. Um, you know, he was such a highly respected guy. And, and then to lead us over the line the way that he did, it was nervy in the last day. I wasn't there, I was in my bed ill, as i I've told that story before. I, I didn't make the game and I'll regret it forever. But uh I I'd celebrated it the week before at Ibrox anyway, because I was in the command end when, when Ali Mitchell put my goal. Um that's another story. But no, Vim Janssen was huge, huge person for Celtic. I wish he'd been about in Scotland a bit more in recent years, you know, maybe at Celtic Park that right, I could have got the opportunity to do a deck on and shake his hand and say thank you for what you've done because I've had the opportunity to do that to Neil Wenning to Martin O'Neill and to Gordon Strachan uh, uh, and Brendan Rogers actually mm-hmm. um, but I haven't uh, I'd never got the chance to say thank you to Vim Jansen and I, I was really heartened to see the pictures on Twitter of people saying that they'd met him in uh, I think it was a game in Luxembourg or something like that and they met him in the in the, in the square and apparently sat talking to like a bunch of Celtic fans for ages in the square and there's all these like nice stories that appear after someone passes away and as sad as it is you find out a bit more about them about the personal side of them and uh, yeah I, I got that top uh, way back in the late 90s obviously because it was the, the top that Larson had I think worn before he came to Celtic and I got it from the... Uh, the fabled Inn Shops in Falkirk, which was at the back of the Howgate Centre, where you got like last season's European tops, and it was just like an absolute mecca for wee mad football fans like me. And I would go and fill my boots every every now and then when I'd uh, when I'd get a, a paycheck in from the Turfican Inn. And uh, I've got a, I've still got a number of those strips. Um, I sold a few of them on eBay. The ones that didn't, you know, I had a PSG one uh, with the Opal as a sponsor and mm-hmm. PSG absolutely nothing to me as a football club uh, I don't really even see them as a, a real football club at the moment given their backing and such, such like. but I sold one of their tops online for on eBay for about 80 quid um, it was like the 94-95 season PSG top the one that Loco wore and oh, probably yeah. the one, the one Dirk,
3: that they wore and um, Paul Le uh, played that yeah. night
1: as well I, yeah. Uh, but yeah I got the final top so I've always i always kind of wanted to go to the, the Keep Stadium in uh, in Holland to see to see Feyenoord, um, and certainly they're everything that Ajax aren't. You know, I mean, I, I've not heard any uh, maybe there are tales about Feyenoord fans being out of order, but um, as long as they're not racist or fascist, then that's all right with me. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to go and, and, and see them, and uh, obviously there's the connection because the, the seventy final as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was nice seeing the pictures of him in the in the Feyenoord strip. I, I'd not really seen a lot of pictures of him. I'd seen there was a picture shared against uh, the a really good one where I think he's with Bobby Murdoch in the in the uh, like a black and white picture. Um, but yeah, amazing, amazing guy, amazing cont- contribution to the Celtic history. And you know, as Tommy Burns said, you know he's there and he'll, he always will be there, you know, like he's that, that image of him on the shoulders at Celtic Park of the players, you know, is iconic and, you know, the people will be talking about that in 30, 40, 50, 100 years time, you know, um, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing exactly. to do, Weave a mark at a football club as big as that because it was so big that season, um, as we all know.
3: And he left us with Henrik Larson as
1: well, oh, well. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, talk about uh, drip feeding of success. You know, like to just to to have that guy do what he did after that season. I mean, he was great that season. He went on to be, you know, biblical in the, the seasons after. Uh, you know, under Martin and 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 when he, when he really really showed what he could do and. I'm sure Janssen must have been extremely proud to see him do that for Celtic and then go on and do it and win the big cup at Barcelona, you know? So Oh, definitely. Yeah.
3: No, lovely tribute, JP, and uh, I'm sure more will be said about Bim Jansen in the weeks and the years to come in actual fact. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we've run over. We've not even spoken about music. Uh we'll save that for next week. There was something I was going Working to
1: miss. Working my first gig back at King Tuts tonight, so back in the back in the saddle. Wait to Tyne Castle last night at Home to King Touch tonight and who's, tomorrow
3: who's, who's playing
1: tonight? Uh, I called Dancing on Tables t- Oh, oh
3: t- done Femlin bands yep yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Still tickets available if anybody wants to come there will be tickets on the door and uh, tomorrow night sold out i working tomorrow night and then uh, Celtic Park on Saturday so nice wee run of uh, things to happen in, in my life as opposed to sitting about doing nothing which I have done most of this month and um,
3: It's great to hear, mate. It's great to hear. And that wasn't a setup. but Dancing on Tables did do an unplugged session on our channel. So get onto YouTube, subscribe, watch Dancing on Tables live. Lovely guys from Dunfermline. And search a wee bit deeper because we did do an interview with a a Nerd fan called Ellen Mannins around about the time of their 50th anniversary of beating Mm -hmm. Celtic in the European Cup. And she speaks fondly of... Vim Jansen. She also talks about the fan base, the culture of the fans, JP, so you weren't far wrong. They're, not, they're the working class club, they're not mm-hmm. the elitist club, um, mm-hmm. and they don't like Ajax. So, have a wee yeah. listen to Ellen Manning's with a Celtic state of mind and check out Dancing on Tables and get subscribing on the YouTube channel. Absolutely brilliant response today. Thanks, everybody for getting involved. 1100 strong. Yakamakis, yes, yes, we know he played well last night and we're all delighted that he played well. And I, you know, I said he was rotten against Alwa Apologies, he's great, and I hope he scores against Dundee United. Like you say, to set us up for the game on Wednesday night. Loads to look forward to. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved, and thank you to JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic state of mind.